Season one is over, but we're just getting started celebrating it here on Post Show Recap. It's the 2022 In Review podcast series where all month long, PSR is looking back one last time on some of the very best shows of the year. You can check out the full series by subscribing at postshowrecap.com slash 2022 in review. It's been a long time, but we are back. It's me, your boy Chappelle, and today we're talking about the show that put Peacock on the map. From the mind of the Fresh Prince himself, Will Smith, we're talking about Bel Air and our takeaways from the first season and much, much more. And with me, as usual, my friend, my bro, my cousin, Carlton Puya Banks. Puya, what's good? Yo, I am excited to be back. I was uh, hoping you would have forgotten that I could have called you the Carlton, but nah. you know what? It's fine. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Don't you, you share the, the same birthday as the actor? Oh, God. Here we go again. Stop bringing up old stuff. We, listen, we're saying goodbye to 2022 and getting ready to talk about 2023. So we don't have to bring up those old wounds, Puya. You know? Listen, that's fine by me. We're, you know, we're looking ahead. 2023, early 2023 is looking promising. We're going to get our season two, which I know we're both been very excited about. But it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to get back in here to talk with you before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot to discuss, and it's been so long. I think with this 2022 in review podcast series that Post Show Recaps is doing, I think we have a disadvantage because our show ended, it seems like, ages ago, right? Like, I, it's hard to believe that Bel Air was literally this year because it feels like it was a long time ago, at least to me, Puyo. I don't know about you. No, it definitely does not feel like it was this year, but if I remember correctly, uh, the show ended early this year. Like it's came out early this year and ended early this year. So it's not really been that long. Um, also, we ended up interviewing the showrunners, which feels like it was two years ago, but that was also this summer. So it's been a wild time. Yeah. Time is weird. Time is weird. We definitely did a lot of things uh, with the show, the showrunner thing. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but before we start talking about Bel Air, we want to let you all know that Post Show Recaps has an audience survey running all month long to learn more about you, what you're watching and what you're listening to and what you want to see more of on the podcast in 2023. So go ahead and head over to postshowrecaps.com slash survey2022 to weigh in and help us make the podcast the best it can possibly be heading into the new year. That's postshowrecaps.com uh, slash survey 2022. 2022. I think so. 2022. Postshowrecaps.com slash survey 2022. Yes. So, Puya, when we left off last time, like you were just saying, we had our interview with the showrunners, TJ Brady and Rashid Newsom. And that was such a cool experience. So, please, if you're listening to this and you didn't check that out, Go check out that podcast. It should be the last thing in our Bel Air feed before this one. Uh, but it was such a good time. Puya, do you remember when we were in negotiations about doing that interview and we thought we could potentially interview Will Smith himself? Wouldn't that have been wild? It really was. So, yeah, the you know, give some behind the scenes to the listeners here. So we were hit up by someone that works with Peacock who said, would you be interested in interviews? We're like, of course we would be. So then they hit us up and said, all right, give me a list of who you would want to talk to in like a order so that we can facilitate. And we obviously thought, well, Will Smith is a is a very long shot, but <laughs> we'd be stupid not to put him on the list. We'd be dumb. Um, so we had him on the list. And then I think a week later, the uh, the slap happened. So yeah, then, the, the slap had heard around the world happened, you know? Yeah. So then that eliminated that from our from our choices. But 
we did not we only had the cast on we did not have the showrunners on so then when we were able to talk to the showrunners it was pretty surreal um despite knowing that they are not going to they have been replaced for the second season as executive producers so that is unfortunate but it was still a very surreal moment for us and this podcast it was Chappelle, dare I say the uh, the biggest thing that we've done so far on on a, any podcast ever? Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal, man. And and we y'all we took it so seriously. Like me and Puya sat down and we ranked the cast, and we were like really trying to. T- okay, so we, if we get Will Smith, then we're probably not going to get this person. But we got like we really paid attention to what we wanted to do, and then we ended up with the showrunners, which was great. Uh, so yeah. It was an amazing experience. I don't think I would have rather done it with anybody else except Puya. So it worked out perfectly for me. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be etched in memory. And you were there for that experience with me. So I'm never going to forget it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And uh, during our interview uh, with Rashid and TJ, they let us know that they have big plans coming for season two, which we know now will be released on February 23rd on Peacock. So there's a teaser trailer online already, but it really doesn't show much. Like it's kind of like just one of those like broad, like there's stuff that's going to be happening, but it doesn't get into like spoilers or any scenes. And so hopefully we get another good trailer with some juicy content to really get us ready for season two. But Puya, February 23rd. 23rd is right around the corner we're almost there that's the day after my birthday and what a birthday Ooh. present peacock's throwing on my lap yeah yeah we're gonna turn up for puya's birthday i can already tell so this is gonna be a good time uh puya if i remember correctly season one ended on somewhat of a crossroads um so we had will basically feeling betrayed by his family because he felt like they were lying to him about his dad and his mom and all this other stuff uh and will ends up sitting at the end of like uh, sitting in LA at the spot that him and jazz go to or whatever. And he's kind of trying to decide if like California was really where he needed to be. No. So the question is, Puya, what do you think is next for our main character, Will Smith? Because I just don't see him going back to Philly. Do you? No. So that was the question that we're left with. And honestly, having had so much time to think about it, I also do not think he has done his business in LA. I think he's going to stick around. I feel like, my prediction is we're going to see him go to Philly anyway. Like it's going to start up with him being back in Philly, but he's only gone there for a little vacate, a little, little time with mom, a little time around the block, you know, kind of refamiliarize himself with what he's left behind. And then I do think it will story will continue back in LA. So he's going to go to Philly. Then he's going to go back to LA. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think it has to. I, I kind of see it like uh, Will goes to Philly and then Philly's not all it's cracked up to be anymore, right? It's not the Philly that he remembers. He goes back and it's just, the, it's like Philly is like the small pond that he used to be in, right? And it's Philly, so it's huge actually. But for Will, his block, his neighborhood was like, he was the king of that area, but now he's going to Bel Air where, you know, he's the prince, if you will, but it's such a bigger experience for him. And so I think he's going to go to Philly and kind of look around and think, man, there's other stuff out here for me and it's back on the West Coast. And so I could see him making that trip back to California as well. Uh, But I would definitely like to see him go back to Philly for a little bit because I think the Philly stuff was fun, Puya. Like all the scenes we got, aside from like, you know, the obvious, you know, gang violence and that kind of stuff. But I Mm -hmm. think seeing Will in his element was pretty cool, don't you? I definitely do. I definitely loved that. I mean, that that episode is what hooked us, right? That's what got us to... uh, double down confirm that yeah we are absolutely doing this podcast so i agree with you there i also loved what you said about him going back and realizing it's not the same because oftentimes you know as as 
people, especially as young people, we hold on to those like core memories of like, this was incredible that, you know, now as a 30 year old, I'm like, man, high school was so easy, so chill, so cool. If I went back to high school now, not as a 30 year old, like I kind of turned back time and went back genuinely do not think it would be as good as I imagine it. And I feel like it's one of those things too, when, you know, cities are constantly improving. Social media has made it so that trends come and go quick, 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 quick. You miss six months, there is a whole different vibe now. And I feel like that's what we're going to see with him. And I love that you put that out there because I could totally see that being part of the reason why he ends up coming back to L.A. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where if you look back, you always have fond memories because the further you are away from me, like stuff, you don't really remember the horrible things. You remember the good times a lot of times. Um, but like, yeah, if you're actually in the moment, you're like, this isn't that great after all. And so maybe Will will have that moment. But I think it's, uh, you know, we'll we'll find that out very quickly. Because like I said, I really kind of think that they should start with that in the first episode. So by episode one, we'll know if our predictions are true. Um, but one of the main relationships we explored during season one was that of Will, the Fresh Prince, and his cousin Carlton. Now, Puya, I cannot think of another character that I've hated like Carlton Banks in the early stages of this show since maybe Joffrey from Game of Thrones. What about you? Yeah, Joffrey's a great one to actually bring <laughs> up because, well, the only difference being I feel like both of us by the end of the series did not mind being called the Carlton because Carlton did redeem himself a little bit come to the end of the series but my god those first episodes were brutal when you when i called you carlton i could tell our friendship was severed a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> it was not good yeah i was stuttering i couldn't even i couldn't even like breathe it's like well how would you do that to me this guy sucks uh <laughs> we, we come such a long way there's a moment in the, one of the first episodes where Carlton pushes Will into the pool and Will can't swim. He basically almost killed his cousin, y'all. And so there was a, it was going to be a lot to come back from that. But to your point, I think he did. He kind of redeemed himself. Now, we did talk to the showrunners and they let us know that obviously that was a good growth narrative for Carlton, but it would be kind of boring if all of a sudden he was this super redeemed character who was just another nice guy in Will's life when he was so good at being a villain. So... There was this cryptic message in the finale from Ashley to Carlton where they're looking at Aunt Viv's painting. And it's got a picture. It's Will with a crown on his head. And Carlton's like, I wonder what the crown is for. And Ashley says something to the effect of, uh, maybe you should have held on to your throne a little bit tighter, uh, Carlton. And so I think that she was insinuating that Carlton might be losing his spot on the throne as the Prince of Bel-Air. Um, so Carlton's growth arc might have been great, but despite him ending up pretty likable, I could see the future being a little bit darker for Carlton Banks. What about you? Uh, I do not think that he's going to remain being amazing. I agree with you there. I feel like where, because I remember where we ended the season with him, he was at the doorsteps of, um, her name evades me. Lisa. 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 Yes, he was at Lisa's doorstep. I feel like the Lisa love triangle thing is not over yet. I think that's going to be a point of contention. I also think... Will coming back because Will and Carlton's relationship is at its best when one or both of them are in a struggle moment because the other one will build the courage up to pull them back up and help. Once Will's back up to his best, his arrogant, cocky self, Carlton's not going to just default to I'm, you know, OK with this. He is going to also try and be contesting with him. 
So I think that's going to happen for sure. I cannot wait to see it. And I look forward to once again calling you the Carlton and having you be upset at me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You are always and forever the Carlton of this podcast. Make no mistake. Um, But uh, let's get off Carlton for a second because there was another character who had a hell of a good arc on season one. And that was Uncle Phil, who by the end of the season had withdrawn from his race for district attorney. So the question is, what's next for Uncle Phil? In the original series, I believe he was a judge for the entire time, maybe. I don't know. I remember that well, but I remember him being a judge at some point. Uh, Puya, do you think we'll see Uncle Phil moving back into like a role in politics? Or do you see a different direction coming for Uncle Phil moving forward? I think Uncle Phil's going to, at the very least, uh, be trying to be at home and with the family. I think that's kind of where they left us. He was yearning for that familial like closeness and to save his family, so to speak, to bring everyone together, to be the binding agent, to be the glue. And I think that's going to happen. What I'm interested by, though, is how the rest of the season goes. Because like you mentioned, I feel like come, you know, you do something long enough and you're used to it, you suddenly step away from it, you're going to miss it. So we'll see how much he misses it and how much that could impact him potentially moving around especially depending on where and viv's at with the art and what's going to happen there oh yeah the the the, the aunt viv storyline let's just talk about it right now Aunt viv uh has finally started to move back into her career as an artist if i remember correctly um she had this offer from this amazing fellowship that would require her to do some traveling right but she would be able to pursue her art full time. At first, she didn't really want to take it, but eventually she relinquished and was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I think Uncle Phil even, you know, made her say like, you have to take this. And so we know Aunt Viv is moving into a new world for her career. Um, she's stepping into some new, some new opportunities, but, um, I don't know. I feel like this might create some friction between her and Uncle Phil because I, you, like you said, he's so used to things being the way that they were. I don't know how he's going to deal with Aunt Viv potentially being out of the house half the time. What about you? I think that's going to be part of the problem, right? Where he might even have expectations of, wait, well, I put everything aside to spend time with you and you're always gone, right? So I think that that's going to definitely be an issue because while his intentions are pure, I don't know if his expectations line up with his um, intentions. Where is what he expected going to happen or is it going to be tough for him to adapt because he wasn't expecting it to be this much time travel or this much distance um what is the name of the the menacing actor who who uh (laughs) please oh michael ely as reed broderick is going to be a problem don't you think that man (laughs) is going to be the issue that's the other feud that i'm waiting for Man, Uncle Phil got to punch him. He's got to hit the guy. I'm sorry. I don't like, we don't condone violence here, but man, he, I could just tell that man is about to do some light skin, uh, like witchcraft, and everybody's <laughs> going to be in a blender after this one. Because yeah, Aunt Viv is stepping into a new role. She's going to be out of the house, but she also has this, uh, you know, evil character. I mean, he hasn't really done anything evil yet, but we know him, okay? We know how this guy gets down. Uh, In the future, she's going to have some issues with him, and I feel like Uncle Phil is going to have to deal with that, uh, or Aunt Viv is going to have to navigate that on her own, but regardless, it's going to be a source of drama. I know it is. So, yeah, that's definitely a good shout, Puyo. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm condoning violence either. I'm just saying Uncle Phil should push him in the pool. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And if he can swim, he can swim. If he can't, you know, hopefully somebody saves him. I totally understand. Um, One of the other storylines that we've talked about, since we're on Uncle Phil, let's talk about how he kind of ended the season. Um, 
he was trying to keep Will's parent, you know, uh, away from him, right? Like we were, Will's, you know, whole thing was he wanted to find his dad, Lou, and Will went and uh, he asked for help from the house manager, Jeffrey, who by the end of season one was nowhere to be found. Uh, after Will a solid, yeah, and locating his dad, Uncle Phil sent him packing and we have no clue where Jeffrey is. So, I'm assuming Jeffrey's coming back this season, Pooh. Like he has to come back, right? Surely. If he doesn't, I will be mad. I will be <laughs> unhappy. I will be hurt. So please do not take uh, Jeffrey away from me because to, to me, he's one of my, my standouts. He's one of my favorites on the season, even though we didn't get enough of them. Right. Yeah. But you know, this is, this ain't the Jeffrey of Fresh Prince original. This is a different Jeffrey. This is a Jeffrey with a little bit of uh, slyness to him. A Jeffrey that, you know, makes deals, pays money, you know, intimidates. He's different. So I want to see him involved. And here's the here's the thing, right? Let's throw another prediction out there. I think Jeffrey's going to take care of Reed Broderick. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I was about to say, yes, Pooh, but like, wait, you know how Jeffrey handles business. Like, this man might never show back up. Like, Reed Broderick evil, but is he that evil? Do we need Jeffrey to handle him evil? Or is it just like... He just needs to be intimidated a little bit, you know, just scare I him a think little bit. He, it should be the latter, but if uh -huh. it is the former, he will always be remembered in his art. <laughs> his art will keep him immortal. <laughs> Something has to, because uh, yeah, if you let Jeffrey get to him, he won't he might not survive. Um, yeah, we have secret agent Jeffrey in this series, and it's so entertaining to watch. But seeing him be fired at the end of the season for trying to help Will out was tough for me to watch. I actually, when I think about it, I um I kind of I understand what Uncle Phil did what he did. I mean, you don't want the house manager who's supposed to work for you actually working for your kids because you know you are the one who pay him. So if he's insubordinate, he's gotta go. But I really want to know how Jeffrey ends up working his way back into the household. I don't know if it's the kids, Puya, or if it's, you know, Aunt Viv just puts her foot down. But what do you think is going to bring Jeffrey back to the bank's household? I think the family's going to play a big part of it. Because, yes, while Uncle Phil will see it as, well, you broke a very big rule in my books. And I said, do not meddle. And you meddled. So that's not okay. I think the family's going to push him to bring him back. I think once Uncle Phil is at home a lot more now that he's not going to mm. be working, he'll realize this is not the same. I need him back. I need him back. The kids are at school. Who's going to shoot hoops with me one-on-one? -on -one? I need I need my guy back. Because at the end of the day, the other thing the show did really well was kind of blur the line between working for and friendship with these two. We've mm. seen them hanging out, having drinks. Like, I think that this is a relationship that is more than just you're working for us. He's worked for them long enough that he's become a part of the house. So I, I simply do not see them being able to be without him. And I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to credit Ashley for it. I think Ashley's going to be the one to uh, convince Uncle Phil to bring him back. Yeah, we've seen some good stuff between Ashley and Jeffrey throughout the season, so I, I could see that for sure. And yeah, you make a good point. Uncle Phil's going to be at home pretty much alone, and Viv's going to be out doing her art thing. And in the original Fresh Prince, Jeffrey is a butler. I mean, he's more than a butler in this series, but he's definitely a butler in the first series. And so maybe Uncle Phil looks up with Aunt Viv gone and thinks, I can't do this alone. You know, I don't know how to keep, you know, the house going the way it should go. I'm assuming Jeffrey does butler duties at the house. That first time the doorbell rings and Uncle Phil has to get up and answer it himself, I think he's calling Jeffrey. Um, So I right. don't think Jeffrey's going to be gone. Listen, <laughs> all I want is like the end of this. Is, I'm going to paint you a picture, Chappelle. End okay. of episode two, okay? And then there's a knock on, there's like a buzz at the gate. Like, mm -hmm. all right, let him in. 
Door opens, bum, banana, bum, banana, <laughs> and then just Jeffrey walks back, Salter walks back in, ready to take over. And credits. That's what I want. I want a show-stopping moment for Jeffrey. He deserves it. Give it to him. Yeah, I mean, it's been like almost a year. We haven't got like a Jeffrey miniseries, like some webisodes <laughs> or anything. <laughs> like, damn, give us something, man. Oh. Uh, yeah, not enough Jeffrey for me, but like I said, I I just can't see them going into season two without him. So I'm very excited for them to bring Jeffrey back into the fold. Um, we did mention Will's dad, Lou, who, you know, during his first season, we really had a lot of speculations about who would be playing Lou. The, the question of who was Will's dad loomed through from episode one all the way to its big reveal, and I believe episode 10. And so when we found out that Lou was going to be portrayed by none other than Marlon Wayans, I think we both were shocked. Um, do you think we're going to get more of Will's dad and Marlon Wayans in this upcoming season, Puya? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if we see him again, it won't be till mid to late season two again. I really don't mm. think they're going to. I think this was a good way to bring him in, make him the focal point of all the cliffhangers, and then take him out again. Because ultimately, they still like Will still didn't end things well with Lou. Their interaction didn't go that well. So I feel like we're not going to see him for a little bit. Um, now, is there a world where, let's say, Will doesn't go to Philly until midseason and Lou pulls up to Philly to see him there? Maybe that could be a thing that happens. But I kind of, you know, looking back at that finale, Marlon Wayans killed it as Lou. Mm -hmm. It was a more dramatic role. I genuinely did not expect him to pull it off. When I saw Marlon Wayans, I was like, okay, but this isn't funny. And I was like, oh, no, he's doing really well being not funny. So that was a wild moment because I, I do think that I was setting myself up for disappointment because my running theory was it's going to be Will Smith playing the father. Will Smith mm -hmm. is going to play Lou. It's going to be a wild moment. It wasn't, but I wasn't disappointed. I thought Marlon Wayans killed it. No, he did a great job. And yeah, I think that if Will goes back to Philly, there's a non-zero chance that he's hanging out with Lou. Um, or even, you know, we might be able to bring Lou in later on in the series to kind of throw a wrench in things when things start to go too smoothly. Like, this is still a television show, so we're going to need some drama. And I think having Lou in the mix is definitely built in drama. Um, but I don't know if we get, you know, Lou the recurring character because the whole thing is that he's been ducked off. He hasn't been active in Will's life. So I'd be shocked to see him in, you know, more than like two or three episodes at max throughout this upcoming season. Um, so, you know, more on that probably later on. Uh, but another fun cameo that we got in season one was from the actress and producer, Karuchi Tran, who plays Ivy, a potential friend for Hillary moving forward. Um, I think the jury is still out because while Hillary and Ivy seemed cool, they're both influencers in their own right. I think there was a little bit of flirting between Jazz and Ivy in that last couple episodes that could mm -hmm. potentially signal something more. Do you think there's a like love triangle coming between Jazz, Hillary, and Ivy? What do you think is coming up? I think you're not wrong, and I'm annoyed that you're not wrong. Because mm. while obviously it's boring if Jazz and Hillary are just happy, rainbows, they're all together, everything's good. Um, I was kind of rooting for them as a couple, but jazz could be jazzing at the end of the day the jazz we're getting in this show is not the incompetent dummy jazz we got in the original run so mm -hmm. this jazz has to slip up somewhere because he's been perfect so far he's been great with will he's been great with hillary he's been you know he's helping out so much are we going to see a devious side to jazz going to be the question and i could see him being in the middle of this influencer triangle 
that could be an interesting way for that to go, especially if Ivy is like, I can help you put your record store on the map a little bit more. And now maybe it's not like a, you're cheating on me, you know, romantically. You're cheating on me business-wise, and that's almost more rude because you don't think I'm that good of an influencer. Yeah, um, I think that that's a good question because Hillary and Jazz, to what I remember, they hadn't really put a label on what they were doing. We know that they were secretly, you know, messing around, if you will, but I don't remember them actually saying that they are, you know, exclusive. And so I think there could be some, yeah, there could probably be some drama there because if you don't put a a label on it, then it's not really real. You know, you got to kind of say the words. And so I don't know if we see Hillary and Jazz as an actual couple moving forward, if they keep moving around each other in different spaces, if there's an Ivy thing that might happen, because I could see her swooping in. I, I don't think you'll bring in a big name like Karuchi if you're not going to uh, like utilize her in a bigger way. And so I definitely could see her being more than just Hillary's homegirl who does photo shoots, you know? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that as well. And that's the thing with like, you know, even uh, with Marlon Wayans, you're not bringing a big name in if they're not going to be more of a feature moving forward. I, mean, I guess you could make the same argument by if you bring in someone that's relatively unknown oh, they're probably going to be sticking around doing more stuff. But a big name like that in the first season, there's got to be some more layers on top of that. There's got to be a little bit more movement on there, especially because I feel like she got involved later in the season because mm-hmm. if if she wasn't in the picture, they could have just had Hillary's story end with the influencer house that she was in, that she was getting out of, right? And then that could have been the end of that. Yeah, And Ivy, one of her ideas was to take over Kylo's influencer house and make it their own. So she like, uh, Hillary kind of threw that at her as Ivy was saying, like, why don't you become a part of my team? And they really like seemed like they were putting their heads together and going to make this big thing happen. But I do think the jazz thing can be a wrinkle in that because, you know, when emotions get involved in business, it's never good. So I could see that going uh, in a bunch of different directions. But I am excited to see uh, what's coming up for Hillary moving forward. Um, and we talked about Ashley, but, you know, obviously the youngest person uh, of the Banks family at this point in the series. Um, and she's had like a very interesting twist on her um character as opposed to like you know in the original. Um, it's obviously a departure from the Fresh Prince Ashley. Um, but Puya, we didn't get a lot of Ashley. She was she was basically like missing half of the season. Do you think we're gonna get more of Ashley's content this season now that we know that she's exploring her sexuality and she's kind mm-hmm. of an activist in her own right? What do you think we're gonna be doing with Ashley moving forward? I think that we're gonna see more of Ashley. I think that the uh, you know, kind of loosely throwing out there that she is romantically interested in someone is definitely opening the doors for a bigger story for her moving forward. I think Uncle Phil being at home more is going to feed into that. I can definitely see Uncle Phil and Ashley having a big episode together where they discuss her sexuality, discuss stuff like that. Um, And I feel like Ashley, again, I just have this feeling that Ashley is going to be the reason Jeffrey makes a return. So that is especially here. Another theory, Chappelle, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. When Ashley tells uncle phil yeah you know jeffrey's been very nice and very helpful he knew i you know wanted to see these friends and he arranged for them to be here uncle phil like oh my god jeffrey cares about my kids let me bring him back so i could Mm. see that happening i really could and we were the loudest where's ashley's for like the (laughs) the, most of the season because ashley was really a non-factor also i could see ashley's relationship with will because in the original series Ashley and Will had a very unique friendship bond. Mm. Ashley took a, 
very quick interest in in Will's background, what Will's into, and was kind of influenced by Will in ways. And I feel like that we haven't really seen on the show yet. And I could see that coming into play in this new season. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I I was begging for that sunflower dance, you know, and I think this Ashley is a little (laughs) bit too old for that. But, man, I wanted to see it anyway. I don't care. You know, so I'm hoping that we get a lot of that uh, moving forward. A lot more Ashley, a lot more Ashley and Will. We didn't get a lot of their interaction throughout this series, you know. Um, And I think that was always fun in the original Fresh Prince. You know, I think Ashley was one of the first people he bonded with when he came to Bel Air. Um, You know, he like instantly, I think she was like the first person in the house that he really felt comfortable with. Um, And so even in this series him and Ashley have always kind of been on the same page but we didn't get a lot of content from the both of them together so hopefully we get a lot more of that um but that wraps up the principal cast there were a few like you know side characters I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking Ashtray I'm thinking what was the bully's name Connor I think his name was and then uh Will even had like a homeboy at school I want to say his name was Tyler it's been a while uh but yeah the, you know, the guy with the good shoes the guy with the good had- kicks he had the good kicks, man. And so yeah. uh, with, with with those characters, as well as our principal cast, I really do think we have a lot to work with moving forward for season two. Uh, but, you know, that kind of wraps that up. So what we're going to do is take a little brief ad break. We're going to uh, take a moment, let our sponsor speak in for a second. And then we're going to get back to talk about some superlatives because I have questions for you, Puya. And so if you're ready, we're going to take an ad break and we'll be right back. Let's do it. And we're back. Puya, let's get into some MVPs of the season, okay? So it was a while back, so think back. I'm going to start. I'm going to go first. I'm just going to throw somebody out there. Uh, You know, we were just talking about the shoe game, but Will's homie at school. I think his name is Tyler. Tyler with the good shoes, who always Mm -hmm. had Will's back. He's got to be one of the MVPs, right? MVPs for the season? One of the MVPs. You know, like I said, we had a lot going on in the season. But has Tyler ever let us down? He hasn't let us down. I mean, okay, so I guess this is what I want to ask you. How many MVPs can we have? Listen, I I love the cast. I think we're going to have a lot of MVPs, you know, Uh, maybe a few LVPs as well. But I I wanted to start off low, you know, and then work our way up into some bigger names. We don't want to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know? I feel like for me, he if if this was like the NBA awards, he would get like the sixth man award. You know, yes, he's, he's consistent. He he mm-hmm. when he shows up, he shows out. When he's needed most, he's there, and he's been you know uh, Will's one rock in this wild Bel Air Academy that he's going to, and mm-hmm. you know they're teammates on the basketball court, which is also lovely. And uh, you know he's kind of you know from Trey to Tyler. Tyler has kind of taken over the Trey spot. Uh, here in LA for Will. So, you know what? You've convinced me. Sure. MVP. We can put him on the ballot. No, I'm putting him on my list as six man of the year. I think that's a perfect, okay, a perfect role for him. And yeah, coming off the bench, this guy is really holding down for Will in a way that a lot of people are not throughout this series. So I'll take that for sure. Puyo, give me an MVP candidate. MVP candidate for this season. Mm. I would like to nominate the one and only. Of course, Jeffrey. I want to oh. nominate Jeffrey. Yeah, you got to. You got to give it to Jeff. Uh, I, I, dare I say, is he the MVP of the entire first se- season? Like, I, I mean, 
If if not Jeffrey, then who? Right. I feel like Jeffrey, you know, maybe someone's going to listen to this and be like, no, you two are pretty biased. Jeffrey wasn't that big of a feature on the show. Let's, let's look at the stuff. Jeffrey is the reason why Will was able to then freely not worry about his Philly uh, problems that were following him to L.A. Jeffrey mm-hmm. made that happen. Jeffrey is smooth. Being smooth is very important. Jeffrey may have had some adventures on yachts that we do not know about fully yet. Mm-hmm. That's some smooth <laughs> operations. And also Jeffrey's doing all of this with the kids not knowing. You know how slick you have to be to be leading a double life? They just think you're this happy-go-lucky like uh, head of home security where then you're <laughs> doing other stuff on the other side. And he's keeping an eye on everybody. He facilitated the um, the ice, uh, not, not the ice rink, the, uh, the roller rink uh, date for Ashley by yeah. bringing her friends in. Yeah, Jeffrey is an amazing person. Give him the MVP. He has done nothing wrong. The one thing that he's done wrong is to Uncle Phil by giving the information out about Lou to Will. But that was, at the end of the day, a very, very good thing that he did. So, yeah, I I will debate. I will debate anyone who wants to debate me. This is the answer. Yeah, I, I have to give you that one, Puya. Uh, Jimmy Akingbala in his role of Jeffrey Thompson in this series has been so fun. And like we said, it's got to be more of him to come. We got to see house manager Jeffrey and so many different other iterations. At least give me the backstory about the yacht. Like, I need to know what Jeffrey's <laughs> out here doing, okay? So Jeffrey's the MVP. And honestly, I won't accept any other answer for that one. Uh, so let's talk most improved. Now, I think the obvious answer here, uh, and you can fight me on this one if you want, but it's got to be Carlton, right? Like, we've gone from pretty much hating this character to actually being able to tolerate him, and he comes off a little bit likable by the end of the season. I mean, episode one, he's basically drowning Will. He's hanging out with the white kids, letting them say the N-word. Carlton is really at the lowest of lows at the beginning. We see him struggle with drug use. We see him struggle with depression. We see him struggle with uh, like not being able to get his way in a lot of ways. And so it's been a really dark time for Carlton. But seeing him at the end going to bat for Will, seeing him standing up for his cousin, doing what's right, and kind of like turning his back on the assholes at school that have been treating Will a certain type of way and also, in a, in a way, treating him very weird too. Um, I thought that was great for a growth arc. So for me... My most improved this season is definitely Carlton Banks. What about you? I think that there's really no other option here. Ultimately, when you look at someone you hate and now they're endearing to you, and, you know, we're talking about his struggles with depression, with drugs, with, you know, not understanding, not fully grasping the problematic behavior of his teammates and to where he's gotten now by the end of the season, it's huge. And I feel like even if he has a bit of a downward trajectory coming back into this new season, we're talking season one. He is easily up there for me. Um, I would say my um, honorable mention would probably be Hillary going from Mm. where she was at the start of the season to really separating out and doing stuff for her, turning down a job because she felt like the job was going to lock her down and really try and use her culture use her like make her have to suppress her culture make her have to suppress who she is she denied that went into the influencer house realized that they're about to do the same kind of thing denied that i think that hillary is someone who could have easily ran with this if not for the redemption arc at the end of the season for carlton 
Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think if we're gonna have an honorable mention for that role, it has to be um, Hillary. Uh, which brings me back to the MVP conversation. Now, I give Jeffrey the MVP, but what if? What if I wanted to give an honorable mention to Jazz? Uh, because again, we haven't seen anything bad from Jazz. He's been there, hanging out. He's been good for Will. He's been good for Hillary up until the Karuchi thing. We really haven't seen any like you know wavering from our boy Jazz. Um, and he's been fun, like you said. He's not the idiot that we know from the Fresh Prince proper, but uh, it's a new spin on a character who is already beloved from you know the fan base. And so, if I got to give an honorable mention, I got to give a shout out to to Jazz because I mean, who would have thought this character would be this fun? Yeah, no, Jazz's honorable mention MVP is definitely solid. Again, he is one of the people that kind of brings, makes Will comfortable in this brand new city, this whole other coast he's living at now. That there's that level of comfort that he brings to Will. Uh, clearly, we've seen him and Hillary get along really well. He's done nothing wrong. Even at the end of the season one finale, he is the one there with Will not telling him what to do, just trying to help him out in however, whichever decision he makes. And that is the tried and true recipe for a good friend. So I agree with that. I think he would have been our, he's our honorable mention easy. All right. Is there anybody else you want to give a shout out to in the MVP or in the positive conversation? Because we're about to get negative right now. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I don't want to even delay that any further. I'm quickly looking through these names. Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think anyone else really gets close for me. Maybe Uncle Phil as like a third place finisher here on the podium for MVP, because at the end of the day, he's helped out. He's brought Will out here. He's helping him out. He, you know, realizes family, prioritize family over, you know, trying to hold on to this position, this job. Family is more important. And, you know, just general looking out for the family and, while, you know, him preventing Will from finding out about Lou is him kind of playing God in deciding whether or not Will should get to know his dad or learn about his dad. It came from a place of protection. It came from a place of trying to keep him safe. So I can see all of that and I can grant him bronze medal. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely Uncle Phil. And we haven't really talked about Will. This whole show surrounds him. Um, This is the story of, you know, all about how blah, 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 right? He comes from Philly, he moves to California, and he starts his new life as this guy who doesn't really fit in. He has to make his own way in a world that is looking at him like somebody who is completely different. He doesn't speak the language these people speak. He doesn't uh like dress like them. And now he has to assimilate. And what we find out very early is that Will doesn't do well with assimilating. He's more of a standout, kind of uh, march to the beat of his own drum type of guy. And so he went through so much this season trying to uh, make a name for himself by, by also being accepted by the people that he understands the least. Um, and so, you know, if anybody's going to be an MVP candidate, it has to be our titular character or our main character, our Fresh Prince. Um, and we talked about this before, but Jabari Banks as Will Smith was just incredible to watch. I I don't care what they say. I think he studied the film. Like I think he really got sat down and watched the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and really got some of his mannerisms because the way he cries, the way he talks, sometimes the way he walks, it just gives me so much original Will Smith energy that. I couldn't even, I, I was blown away that this was his first acting role. So, you know, if anybody's going to have an MVP or a star by their name, uh, it's got to be Jabari Banks as Will Smith. Uh, it was just an incredible portrayal of the character, and I'd love to see what he has coming up next, Puyo. 
I 100% agree with you. We were losing our minds watching those early episodes and really feeling like we are watching Will again. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. feel, and it doesn't feel like it's an over the top redo. It really felt like an homage. It really felt very authentic. So I look forward to seeing what Jabari does moving forward as Will. And I feel like he's going to do completely fine and it's going to be great. Yeah, it's got to be great. But, you know, now that we've gotten past like the fun part, so let's no, make no. it interesting. This yeah. is the fun part. <laughs> yeah, make let's no make mistake. it interesting. Uh, let's talk LVPs. Let's talk about our least valuable players uh, in this series. I, you know, we did give Carlton the most improved, but there's no way we can move on without talking about this portrayal of such a villain. I mean, Ollie Charlatan as Carlton as a villain, as the most hated character since Joffrey Baratheon. I mean, dear God, the man was horrible. I mean, we went episodes upon episodes hating this man. So yeah, he gets the most improved award, but bar for bar, he was the like the most hated character on television for me uh, last spring. So I cannot pass this out without giving him a shout out in that area, even though I can acknowledge that he improved a lot. Yeah, so for me, he wouldn't end up being my LVP, but he is pretty much on the podium, whether he likes it or not. Even though he ends the season well, I will never forget the blood-curdling moments of anger I felt watching this character do what he was doing and behave the way he was behaving towards Will. So that doesn't change for me, but he is not my LVP, actually. Okay, well, who you got? Who Throw somebody up on the podium. Let's do it. You ready? All right. Yeah. Well, I have a couple here, but the main one, it has to be Connor for me. Oh, yeah. Blah. First of all, <laughs> talk about like Joffrey Baratheon. This guy was singing Bobby Schmurda mm-hmm. in the locker room. First episode saying the N word freely like it's nothing. Also planting stuff on Will to get him in hot water at, at school. Nah. Oh, also, yeah. Uh, tainting Carlton's mind comes to mind as well. Doing that mm-hmm. to Carlton as well. Yeah, this guy was garbage. Um, is garbage. Will remain garbage. And there was no. I mean, I listen. I know it's like a recurring character, not really relevant. But you don't have to be completely there all the time to remain the top villain in my books. And I feel like we're still gonna see him at school. I don't think that's gonna change. Yeah. Yeah. Connor. Kind of sucks, man. I mean, it's the worst. Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely the right direction to go in. I'd like to throw another person into the ring for LVP. I'm ready. Um, yeah. Um, we gotten away from him a little bit, but Kylo still exists. You know, Kylo, the head of the influencer house that Hillary's a part of. This guy basically had Hillary selling sex instead of food and got her in like some weird 360 deal where she couldn't even like like she couldn't even leave the influencer house without paying him a shit ton of money. Uh, basically just trapped her in there as a mega creep. I, and at first he seemed pretty legit, but by the end when she's trying to get out, I'm like, this guy like sucks, you know? And so I, I have nothing good to say about Kylo. So he has to be in the conversation for me. I think that's, that was my other person. So that's very solid look there as well. My question now is, do you think, who do you think we're likely to see more of or again in season two? Kylo or Tyler or, sorry, not Tyler or um, Connor. Connor or both? Uh, I think we're getting more Connor. I think that if Hillary's plan to kind of like 
take over Kylo's influencer house goes well, then we won't need we don't need much of Kylo. Um, but uh, I could see him coming back if he's going to put any like fight up against Hillary and Ivy um, if they try to make that move. But there's no way we avoid seeing Connor. I mean, they go to school with the guy, so I mean, he's going to be around and he's going to be a foil and he's going to suck as well. So uh, I can see a world where maybe he kind of wins Carlton back over to his side, uh, you know, and it makes life harder for Carlton and Will through that way. Uh, but I don't think there's any world where we don't have Connor as a, a villain uh, moving forward. Um, you know, another person who we talked about, and, I, and like I said, he hasn't really done anything yet, but Reed Broderick. <laughs> look, 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 I know, I know, I've been saying it, but y'all, y'all know this is Michael Ely. This is Mr. Steal Your Girl. I just don't think he's going to act like he has any good sense in this season moving forward. Now that he will have more access to Aunt Viv, we know this is what he was pushing for. We know Uncle Phil has basically threatened him to tell him, hey, stay away from my wife. But it's Michael Ely. He ain't going nowhere. So I think I have to throw somebody in the ring uh, that I just know ain't nothing good coming from them in the future. It's got to be Reed Broderick uh, because, you know, like I said, this guy, it's no good. I can see it all over uh, all over his face, the way he looks at Aunt Viv. Uh, this whole art thing is a cover-up. He's scum. I don't like him. He's one of my <laughs> LVPs. So then my question that I have to ask you is, do you think he's going to try a move on Aunt Viv this season? Oh, yeah, 100%. He's going to make that move because he can't help himself. It's Michael Ely. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> this man, this is what he's born to do. You know, like I said, another great actor. I'm, I mean, Bill Air is lucky to have somebody of such caliber as Michael Ely. But um, if you're going to bring Michael Ely in, you got to let him do Michael Ely things. And so, um, yeah, he's got to be a little crazy and he's also got to be a little scummy. And so, for me, another LVP. Uh, we didn't really talk about the guy who was trying to kill Will, but I mean, I'm sure uh, he counts, right, as an LVP. <laughs> Is he still in the picture? No, but still, you know, like, we can't <laughs> overlook the fact that he was trying to murder our boy. Um, yeah. You know. Um, oh, Puya, how do you feel about Ashtray? We haven't really talked about Trey much in this series, but, I mean, in this recap, but, I mean, you know, Trey hasn't been great. Did you say Ashtray? Yeah, that's, you know, that's what they called him in uh in the Fresh Prince. But Bro, it's here, Ice Trey. Ice Trey. Did I say Ash Trey? Yeah. I think <laughs> I like, is he is he a villain now? Like, is that his I, villain name? Honestly, it could be his villain name. I didn't love him. I didn't love him in this show. Uh, you know, I I understood, you know, the where he was coming from, but dear God, um, uh, it's kind of whiny, kind of sucked. He was definitely kind of hard on Will, who was just trying to live his life. I get his point of view, but also I need him to improve a little bit more so that I can be more invested in his friendship with Will. Because right now, I'm thinking Will should move on to better friends. I think so, too. I mean, I think that um, if Will does end up making his way back to Philly, I can certainly see Ice Trey being a little bit more relevant again and a little bit in the conversation. Now, they left things in a not-so-great place. They kind of are in a sour spot, but... That's going to be the make it or break it. That's going to be the make it or break it. Is he going to be back in our good books or is he going to be the next villain that uh, is going to be facing Will? Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. But like I said, I don't love that guy. Um, Puyo, what about Lou? Lou sucks, right? I don't like Lou. <laughs> you can't do it have an lvp without lou you know you can't spell lou without l so i think he's got to be on the list if not 
he could be the worst. I could I could give him the title because what have we ever seen positive coming from Lou? I mean, he's basically the reason why our show ended on a cliffhanger, and we don't know what Will's gonna do next. So yeah, I think there's a a long list of LVPs, and I think you look no further than Lou to kind of round out that list. Yeah, I feel like Lou could very easily be our running LVP next season, depending mm-hmm. on what we see. As of right now, maybe the um, strongest LVP of half an episode where if you look at a, <laughs> if it's like a pound for pound kind of conversation of from ratio of screen time to hatred, where are you? He's doing pretty good on those ratios. Oh, of course he is. This guy sucks. Um, but <laughs> uh, it would be fun to see Marlon, you know, Wayne's back on our screen. But again, you know. He does suck. I'm sorry. He just does. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good list. Do you have anybody else you want to add to the LVPs? Oh, uh, let me quickly do a look at my roster here. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think we're fine. Um, oh, wait. How did we feel about Lisa's dad? Oh, yeah, that guy sucks. He's the worst, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, make no mistake. That guy, it, he sucks. Lisa, uh, whose father is, uh, what, Fred Wilkes? He yeah. ends up being the chief of police. But then uh, by the end, he's the district attorney. And so I can only imagine that that might not be great for somebody like Uncle Phil, who has shown support for the district attorney in, you know, dropping out of the election and basically saying, oh, no, we're going to support that guy and in and, and his role. But also... They've been at, you know, at odds the entire show. Fred Wilkes is the person who basically ex- was going to expose Will's whole storyline to everybody um, after the judge turned its back on Uncle Phil. So there's a lot going on there. But, yeah, that guy is the worst. I wish Lisa had a better dad because Fred sucks. So um, add him to the list for sure. <laughs> there we go. I th- and I think on that note, I think that's all my LVPs wrapped yeah. up. I think so, too. I think so, too. So, Puya, like I said, the new season is coming out on February 23rd. Do you have anything else you want to add? Any other loose predictions you want to throw out there? Or anything you want to ask of our listeners before we start? Okay. So, we've thrown out some predictions already. I feel like I want to predict that Carlton and Lisa rekindle. That's the, uh, that's the thing I want to throw out there. I feel like a rekindling there could happen because we do know that uh, Will and Lisa kind of end the season in a bit of a rough patch and Carlton is last seen with Lisa. Now, I don't think it's going to happen immediately, but I think this whole Carlton redemption arc, you know, he's he's improving, he's doing better for himself. I feel like that can maybe open the door with him and Lisa a little bit, and that's kind of where he also opens the door on us hating him. So it's like a twofer <laughs> there. So that's one prediction I want to throw out there. Um, I feel like this isn't because last season we did get a you know special guest star moment from uh Daphne Maxwell Reed, who plays mm-hmm. uh and Viv uh, Volume 2. And uh, <laughs> I feel like we could definitely see another recurring from a the series original coming up here. I don't know who that could be, but I'm not, not convinced that we're not going to see someone from the OGC uh, show. Oh, yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, if we could get more cameos from the original cast or even, you know, a Will Smith, you know, cameo, that would be nice. I'm just saying we've been throwing it out there, but I would love to see, you know, OG Will 
in, in one of these roles. I don't know what you do with him here. I can't think of any way we can use uh, use him right now, but I'm sure you can come up with something. So I definitely agree with you, and I think it would be perfect if we brought in some more uh, shout-outs to the original series because that's why we're all here. We're all here because we love the original Fresh Prince, and this new spin was going to be a great portrayal of what we already knew and loved. And so more of that, I think, can only propel the season into you know the, the next stratosphere as far as its popularity and entertainment wise so puya with that before we close out we just want to remind everyone one last time about our audience survey at postshowrecaps.com slash survey 2022 every response is greatly appreciated and will help make postshow recaps the best it can be one last time that's postshowrecaps.com slash survey 2022 puya what do you have coming up in the meantime so in between now and february 23rd um, I can be found obviously on social media at Puyaism. I will be continuing to stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I'm there three, four times a week. So I'm going to be doing that, keeping that going strong. Uh, 90 Day Fiance is the one podcast you can find me on if you're trying to listen to me on an audio platform that the season we're currently in, Happily Ever After, has no interest in ending, despite it should have ended maybe five episodes ago. It's still going on, and I'll still be there. Uh, and then the Mass Singer podcast did just wrap up with season eight, but if you're looking for that coverage, myself and the lovely Liana Boris did talk about season eight in its entirety, so you can find that over on Rob as a podcast as well. And uh, yeah, besides that, I will be listening to, in my spare time, listening to all of the uh, Chappelle podcast that Chappelle's about to tell you about so Chappelle let people know where they can find you because it's a good time always uh man yeah I have a few things going up so uh by now you should be he uh, hearing at least uh on the shit 90 shows taught me podcast uh our recap of home alone 2 which is one of my favorite Christmas movies not my favorite Christmas movie but it's up there and it's so I'll be talking too yeah, and so I'm talking about that with Jess Sterling and Sarah Ferguson over there. I believe Touchdown Tommy has joined us for that, too. So check out that recap uh, whenever it's available. Also, we got some Walking Dead coming up. So uh, Josh Wiggler, AJ Mass, and Jessica Lee, myself, we've all covered The Walking Dead proper up until its finale. It's ended. It's over. But The Walking Dead is just getting started. We have so many spinoff series coming up, including Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. And we're going to be covering that on Postal Recaps. So in January uh, or whenever <laughs> The Walking Dead comes back, I'll be back, too, to talk about that. So if you're a Walking Dead fan or if you want to sneak into the fandom, now's a good time because the original series is over. But there's a ton more Walking Dead to happen. So check that out and follow uh, post-show recaps for more updates on The Walking Dead and everything zombies uh, in zombie television. Uh, also, we got a lot of other recaps coming up. So if you haven't heard the Atlanta post-show recap uh, year in review, check that out. It's been a good time. And then, of course, check out the uh, mid-season finale of Abbott Elementary. Uh, we are covering Abbott Elementary here on post-show recaps as well with myself and Gia Worthy. Uh, and so if you are a fan of Abbott Elementary, then come and check us out. We've been re releasing two episodes per week, but this week, most recent week, was the mid-season finale, Holiday Hookah. And so it's a good time. Check that out. And, uh, you know, subscribe to us at Abbott Elementary, a post-show recap to keep up with all of that good stuff. And Sasha Joseph and I over on Silent Podcast have just wrapped up Never Have I Ever Season 3. Season 4 will be dropping this summer and so there will be more of that coverage later on so you can always follow us at never have i ever buy silent podcast wherever you get your podcast to keep up with that coverage this summer um but until then uh that's about it puya i think uh i don't think i have anything else coming 
up. But that's going to do it for Bel Air on the 2022 in review podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to Bel Air at Post Show Recap wherever you get your podcast to get our feed dedicated to all things Bel Air. Make sure you're subscribed to 2022 in review podcast series at postshowrecaps.com slash 2022 in review as our look backs on the year in TV continue all throughout December. Until next time, peace. <laughs>